Assalamu alaikum. Welcome to the Ikna Sisters Weekly Iman Booster Series. We're continuing on our series on Shaitan and how he became our enemy. Now, most of the jinns were disobedient to Allah, but amongst them, there was one who rose above the rest. He worshipped Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with sincerity and did not cause any corruption. And he was so high in rank above any other jinn that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala raised him up to the heavens to the gathering of the angels. Now, angels were actually created to worship Allah, but they were not given free will. This one jinn chose to worship Allah, went against the norm of his kind, which was to disobey Allah, and that jinn was Iblis, subhanAllah. The scholars say that he was so much an exception that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala raised him to the rank of angels, right? So that's how good his behavior was. That's the level that he was at, right? So for thousands of thousands of years, it was just the jinn that was causing corruptions. And for thousands of thousands of years, Iblis was in the company of angels, right? Um, so when we normally hear about Iblis, we think that, you know what, he was only with the angels for a short time and then he got kicked out. No, he was there for a very long time, right? Uh, and you have to understand, for someone to be believing in Allah for thousands of years, that makes them better than the angels who have no free will, subhanAllah. Now, after thousands and thousands of years, we don't know exactly what time, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created a new creation, the body of Adam. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala took clay from different parts of the earth and he created the body of Adam alayhi salam, right? After um, Allah created the body of Adam alayhi salam, Iblis got to see the body. So look at this, right? He saw the body before the soul was blown in. And um, some narrations actually say that he spent like hours upon hours inspecting the body, trying to figure out what this is. What is this creation? Why is Allah creating it? You know, um, who is this going to be, right? Uh, you know, sort of like, in a way, when you have a new child that comes into your family, your older child is like, who's this baby? And they just stare at him, poke at him, you know, look at their hands, right? The Iblis would go in and out of Adam's body, inspecting him, right? And Iblis began to realize that this creation was very good. He would actually say to the body of Adam before the soul was blown into him, you have been created as something which is very great. He would praise Adam alayhi salam, right? And then what happened with this, this obsession of inspecting the body, understanding that this is something great, the first sin occurred. And what was that? Hasad right? Which is jealousy. Now, jealousy can mean wanting something that someone else has, but it also means what someone else has and wanting Allah to take it away from them. This is an extreme form of jealousy, hasad and envy. There's a pinch of hatred in it as well. So slowly but surely, Iblis became jealous of envy and this envy uh, of Adam alayhi salam. And this envy and jealousy took years upon years to grow and fester. This is not an overnight thing. This is like days after days, right? So, uh, this shows us that sometimes the cause of hasad can be very, very small, but if we let it linger, it can lead to a major sin, right? So when someone has hasad towards someone else, they want that person to be taken away from him, 
right? Whatever that quality is. They don't want him to have it. They want that quality to be gone. This is the type of jealousy that Iblis had towards Adam a.s. He wanted Adam to be debased and destroyed. This is the kind of hatred he had from Adam before Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala told us to told everyone to prostrate before him. He wanted any merit that Allah was going to give it to Adam al to be taken away. So initially, he was jealous. And then what happened? He became arrogant because he saw that the creation of Adam had weaknesses. Remember, he was inspecting it. He was going in and out and hours and upon hours, he would inspect this body. He began to view himself better and above Adam And these feelings, they festered in him for a while. So the second sin after the creation of Adam was arrogance. Iblis' jealousy led him to become arrogant. He had this delusion of grandeur. He thought he was amazing. And right, and this jealousy festered until Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala blew the soul into Adam and Islam and then told everyone to fall into such that. Right? So he ordered the angels, and amongst the angels was Iblis to bow down to Adam, right? Out of respect. And then Everyone fell, fell down in such that, except for Iblis. Now, I want you to imagine this, right? There's millions of millions of angels, right? This is a gathering of everyone, every angel and Iblis. Now, rows upon rows, everyone is in sajda, and except for one person is standing up and he's sticking out like a sore thumb. That's how arrogant Iblis was. And because of this, he became one of the disbelievers. Right? He became of those who rejected the obedience to Allah. This one sajda caused him to get rid of all of his good deeds that he's been doing for thousands and thousands of years. Iblis started to use his own reasoning and logic. Right? So for thousands and thousands of years, he was obedient to Allah, but in this moment, he became disobedient. So this shows us that a person may be obedient, but when they are tested, then it is where their disobedience comes up, right? So it is very easy to be patient when times are good. But what happens when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tests us and puts us in a difficulty? Are we still obedient to Allah or are we ungrateful? This is a sign of, this is how shaitan gets us, right? This is one of his um, tactics, right? So this was the test for Iblis, Allah ordered him to make sajda to a creation he viewed as less than him because of jealousy. It was the first trial that Iblis was put through and he failed. Right? So what happened? He failed to prostrate. He became arrogant. And then he became one of the disbelievers. Now his arrogance. Right? I wanted to bring this up. Um, scholars say that his arrogance was deeply rooted within him him and it wasn't evident it had to come out when faced with the trial so we have certain inclinations towards sins that are deeply rooted in our nature and they come out when we are being tested it could be ungratefulness it could be anger it could be arrogance it could be pride it could be anything right but we have to remember to not fall into it like shaitan fell into it Right? There are certain deviations that we can get into. So that's what we have to be aware of. Now, after disobeying Allah and refusing to prostrate, he has a nerve to ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to give him some time. Right? Give him some time. Right? Until, and then when Allah gave him time, he says, that, I swear by your honor that I'm going to mislead all of them except for the few righteous servants that who are sincere in their worship. Subhanallah. 
right? Ola, you made me fall into this error, so I'm going to make them go into error too. Right? Look how arrogant he is. He doesn't take responsibility for what he did wrong. Now, now that he has been kicked out of heaven and he's given respite, right? Um, we start off with the first attack that shaitan made against humankind. And that is against Adam al-Islam and Hawa al-Islam. So in Surah Araf, verse number 19, it says, Oh, Adam, dwell you and your wife in paradise and eat from wherever you will. Do not approach or come near this tree, for indeed you will be amongst the wrongdoers. Right? So Allah is allowing them to do every single little thing except from eating from this one tree. And what does shaitan do? He whispers to him. He whispers to him. And not just once, twice constantly he whispers to them and what does he say about the tree oh let me tell you about a tree that of eternity and possession you know what this tree is going to do it's going to make you live forever and you can worship allah forever wouldn't you want to worship allah forever he shaitan makes sins look good to us he gives nice names to sin and scholars they actually say that Adam and Hawa didn't fall into this trap until Iblis swore by Allah and says, I swear by Allah, I am a sincere advisor to you. And that is the point that they ate from the tree. And after they ate from the tree, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala expelled them from paradise. But they did something different than shaitan. And what was that? They asked for forgiveness. They asked for forgiveness. And that's what makes us different. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us, O oh children of Adam, do not let shaitan tempt you as he removed your parents from paradise. Take heed and know that he is your enemy. So take him as your enemy, subhanAllah. So we are at war with shaitan. We're not going to war. We're already at war. Shaitan already made the first attack. So why aren't we preparing against him? Why aren't we, you know, uh, suiting up and ready to fight, right? Uh, also, in Surah Fatir, this verse, right, it uses the word innama. Allah uses that word, which means the only goal of shaitan is entire existence revolves around one purpose, and that is what? To drag us into hell. He's going to hell, and he wants to take us with him. That's what he's doing. Shaitan deceives people at all levels. He has methods of deception for each and every one of us. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran, do not follow the footsteps of shaitan. Shaitan has multiple footsteps and ways at coming at us. He is extremely determined. And when anyone prepares for more, both sides, they spend weeks and months and years. And in this war, Shaitan is prepared and more determined than any of us can imagine. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us that Iblis, when speaking to Allah and the angel, he says, I swear by the air you put me in, I will sit and wait for them upon your path. Right? I'm going to... Uh, and then in another place is actually Surah Araf, verse number 16 to 17, because you put me in error. He's saying this to Allah. I will surely wait for them on your straight path, on the path of Sirat al-Mustaqim, and I will come from them, uh, before them, behind them, on their right, on their left. And you will find most of them to not be grateful to you. Right? Look at his arrogance. He's going to wait on the Sirat al-Mustaqim, and he's going to attack us. Right? And what does it mean? He's coming at directions that we know from the front, from behind, left, and right. These are these are directions we can see. Let's just turn around and look, right? Um, so Iblis is saying that he's going to come to us where we will anticipate him, and he's going to still be able to misguide us. That's how weak he views us. That's how weak he views us. Astaghfirullah. Like, subhanAllah, like, look at this, right? And what does it mean from the front? It means that he's going to have us doubt the akhirah. 
What do you mean we're going to come back from life after death? We're going to go in the ground and we're going to rot. What do you mean we're going to come back to life? We've heard this, right? From the back, we're going to have hope in the dunya. We want the best house. We want our children to be like this. We want to be best dressed. We get invested in this dunya, career, whatever you may say, materialism. From the right, he's going to have us have doubts about our religion. And then from the left, he's going to have or encourage the person to indulge in our sins, make sins desire enticing to us. He's wanting us to give us to give into our nafs. So this is how he's going to attack us. This is how it is. We're going to be like a person swarmed by bees. That's how Iblis is going to attack us, subhanAllah. Now, Shaitan and his army have the ability to see us. This is a dangerous trait because we cannot see this. Like Iblis monitored Adam Salam's body, they are doing to us. They know us inside us. They are learning from us. They're monitoring us. They know our weaknesses. So do we know our weaknesses? Do we know where we falter? Do we know what sins we give into? Do we know uh, what desires we have that we want to follow, that we will fall into the trap? Do we reflect upon ourselves the way shaitan watches us? If we don't, we are clearly at loss. We are only, the only way we're going to win is if we seek refuge from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and we reflect upon our weaknesses. Take advantage of the knowledge that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us. He has given us how he's going to attack us. He has given us how to prevent him from attacking us. He's telling us, this is how you're going to block him. But do we reflect? Do we think, you know what? I have a pride issue. I have an arrogance issue. I have an anger issue. Do we acknowledge our faults or do we ignore them? Right? So we have shaitan's plans in our hands. We need to take advantage of the information that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives us about our enemy. And we need to fight against him. We need to. So reflect upon yourselves, my dear sisters. Do not give in to his, his traps. Right, which is doubts in our aqidah, um, what's it called, our deen, right? Giving into our desires. Right? If he's able to convince Adam salam, then how are we not going to fall into it? And if we do fall into it, what do we have to do? We have to ask for forgiveness. We are not strong. We are weak. So take refuge in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Ask Him to give us strength. Ask us to protect us, our families, our ummah. And inshallah khair, in the future sessions, we're going to give you on tips on how to combat His various tactics. So stay tuned to upcoming sessions. Inshallah khair. Assalamu alaikum.